Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Vic Ray on with me here tonight. Vic, I really appreciate your time. And we're going to send everybody to your website to begin with. So head over to vikingcapllc.com or vikingmultifamily.com. Those are the two yeah, ways well, to get there. Yeah. Sure, vikingmultifamily.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes so and make it clickable so everybody can find it easily there. Vic has a great free seven-day passive investing mini course you can sign up for and take advantage of that. So, Vic, I really appreciate your time here today. Jack, that's exciting. Uh, I know you've interviewed a lot of great uh, folks on your uh, podcast, so I'm excited to add to that wealth of knowledge, if I can, to your listeners. Yeah, well, you kind of come from a unique perspective, and we're going to kind of bounce around here a little bit. As uh, First of all, Vic is a cardiologist, and so I, I got to start off with asking, how did you get from cardiology to real estate investing? <laughs> a long and interesting road wasn't the initial in, intention. Uh, when I was applying to medical school, I didn't think about getting my real estate license or maybe how to learn how to fix and flip homes. I was thinking about you know how to fix people's hearts and fix the plumbing there. What, what I realized was uh, I think all people, whether they're lawyers, doctors, dentists, or any kind of professional, uh, you want financial freedom, you want multiple streams of income, and you want free time to to do what you want. And um, that's one of the few things in medicine that you're not given. You're not giving a lot of free time. You're not given multiple streams of income. And in a way, that actually makes it um, not as safe as people think. And this is proven true by the pandemic. So what I did was uh, explored other streams of income while I was practicing um, including single family homes, and then uh, eventually settled on multifamily investing because it really uh, attracted me. Um, all the while, I, I also wanted to learn how to practice medicine the way I wanted to. So I loved cardiology, but I felt like it was too reactive and I wanted to become proactive. So I essentially learned um, additional skill sets and created one of the first ever um, cardiology reversal institutes in Virginia where we were actually helping people reverse heart disease, uh, reverse diabetes, and essentially cure hypertension. And that was amazing. We did that for a couple of years. Um, And during the pandemic, uh, I was running my real estate company, running my clinic. Uh, Two things happened, an opportunity to help coach and mentor physicians all over the country. And the second opportunity was um, really to take advantage of the there's a pause in real estate and there's opportunities that opened up in multifamily. And so I made the big leap to focus more on multifamily and essentially, you know, we quadrupled our portfolio in one year and really went off to the races. And um, because COVID had already sort of restricted how I could practice um, in my clinic, I, I essentially converted that to more of a virtual clinic, which is still running now. So, you know, I, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what are some of the core tenants regarding the heart disease re- reversal then? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't you don't see... I, I'm going to have to get on my soapbox a little bit in the fact that it seems like we're kind of a pill-popping society versus the easy route versus what actually might need to be done. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, the way I, I, I make it a uh, reference and sort of an analogy is this. 
think about your body as sort of like a tree when when one of the branches is uh or is not feeling well we clip the branch we you know we tape things together we try to put some you know you know more water on the on the on the tree but really it's the soil no one looks at the soil and so as a cardiologist in this new way which is called functional integrative cardiology i was literally looking at the function of the tree of the person i'd figure out their diet their nutrition I look at really advanced biomarkers. I look at advanced genetic testing. I would uh, do tests um, that are not done in normal hospitals or, or clinics. And then I would provide supplements and nutraceuticals. Uh, I'd create custom protocols for these folks. And essentially, I'd heal the microbiome or the gut. And uh, we'd work on gut-brain connections, gut-heart connections, heart-brain connections. Um, and we do this all of this in such a sort of a 360, 100-degree holistic uh, strategy, strategy, and we had biomarkers and metrics and, and uh, data points we were measured along the way. And then essentially in a, in a span of about between six weeks to six months, most people's uh, heart disease, diabetes, blood pressure, uh, weight, um, belly fat, all of that would essentially melt away. And so it was really powerful, and I'm really proud of the work we did there. Um, and now we're doing the same thing now in real estate. We're taking an asset and we're going deep. We're figuring out what are the fundamental problems of the asset? Is it management? Is it, is it financial? Is it, um, is it leasing? Is it uh, uh, getting enough marketing or uh, people to come and tour the asset? Then once we take it over, it's you know, how do we improve operations? How do we, uh, how do, we do the renovations? Um, how do we position the asset to really be an aspirational asset? And then how do we maximize NOI, which is net operating income, and take this and reposition this asset in a very quick way using technology, using um, uh, tenant strategies uh, like food trucks and wellness Wednesdays and CPR classes and artificial technologies such as lease rent optimization, which we put into these apartment complexes and essentially achieve rent premiums that most people take three years to achieve. We can do it in six months. Hmm. So, you know, one of the things that you, you mentioned, you know, I, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the diet, but you're you're typically it sounds like you're really working a lot with similar people like you you know high performers high high earners if you will there was probably some additional benefits associated with what you're proposing there regarding optimizing their health uh would you say that there was some benefit to optimizing their mindset and and in the like yeah, as well so uh, i'm really glad that you brought that up so uh what I've been able to do in the last few years is essentially take all my passions and turn them into companies and brands that essentially up-level people in health, wealth, and mindset. So I have a company called the Vitology Institute that really helps up-level people. Initially, I was saying here, sick people who wanted to really recover. I've moved that more into, evolved into more of a biohacking, human optimization, and anti-aging company where literally we work with people like the listeners on the, of this podcast who they go to the traditional doctor, their doctor tells them they feel good, but they feel okay, but then they know there's more, but there's nothing to be had from the traditional system. Then then they, they may have a trainer, they may not, they probably have done a couple of diets here and there, but that's, they, they've sort of quote unquote maxed out. For me, that they're just, that's just a, a scratching the surface of their capabilities. My goal is, how do I make them a 100-year Olympian? Meaning, at the age of 100, can they come, do some kind of extreme athletic activity? Can they be there for their great-grandkids? Uh, can they 
enjoy life in their 70s, 80s, and 90s like they did in their 30s and 40s. And the goal is if you're working so hard to create this real estate income on this wealth and multiple streams, why not have a longer longer trajectory to enjoy that? And the reason I've learned this um, is because I've studied blue zones. I've, I've, I've been to many of the blue zones in the world. And these are places where people consistently live beyond 100 years of age. And those strategies and techniques along with cutting edge um, technology, uh, advanced biomark, as well as, you know, hormones, peptides, all these things all together in a in sort of a stepwise protocol that's customized for each individual, uh, we're able to help ach- these high performers achieve uh, sort of greatness and success. And I'm doing now, that now in mindset with a lot of my high performance uh, coaching clients where they want to start a real estate company. They want to add multiple streams of income in their current medical practice. They want to you know, go into politics and do a career switch. But how do they do that? Well, first, they got to get clear in their mind how to do that. And then we reverse engineer the whole process. Um, And then, you know, they say it's 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. Everyone knows how to do many things, but the why and the horsepower and the gusto to overcome the resistance and the plateaus we all experience in life, that's, I think, the secret sauce. And then finally, obviously, we have Viking Capital, my real estate company, where we help so many people achieve uh, uh, retirement level in, uh, net worth and incomes in a short amount of time because we we believe in wealth without Wall Street. Wall Street's important, but I think there's a way to create m- multiples of wealth without Wall Street, and that's what our our company Viking Capital does. No, so, and I got one more question regarding the uh, health aspect of this. You know, I I, I actually whether you liked it or not would like it or not, I actually stuck on keto for a solid year. You know, and, and that was just a, a man at the mental clarity that came with it was like actually the most surprising aspect of it. Unfortunately, it lasted a year, which is, it's, I, I'm happy with that, but unfortunately it, it, I fell off the rails. Like what type of motivation or what do you need to do in order to stay motivated enough? The, the mental clarity, the weight loss, the everything apparently wasn't enough for me to just stay focused on that winning path. How do you, how do you keep people going? Yeah. Um, my, my new motto recently has become, if it's not sustainable, it, not, it won't be successful. So uh, I think a lot of these things, uh, you have to figure out what can I actually incorporate long-term in my own diet and lifestyle strategy and what can I, you know, can I sustain and maintain? And so, you know, what I love is these, these strategies that fundamentally change how you think, because once you do that, then you change who you are and who you become. So the keto was a was a was a means to an end. But if it if it helped you actually re-engineer your thought process to food, that's a different process. So I would say that was just one piece of the pie. But the moment a lot of people leave keto, they they go back and really regain a lot of what they lost. So I would say let's figure out something that's much more sustainable. Let's find a diet that you can do whether you're traveling. You're at a, a real estate conference. You're on vacation with your fa- friends and family. What's something that you can do a little, literally 85 to 90% of the time? And that's that's repeatable, doable, and then eventually scalable where you can say, okay, I've done level one, level two, and level three. And then what's the complementary thing? So let's do five things right now for your listeners. Here's a challenge. Here's the Dr. Vikraya challenge right here. If you do these five things, you'll have more success in real estate and everything else in life. Number one, get your 10,000 steps in. Number two, um, get your six to seven hours of sleep. 
Number three, three liters of water a day. Number four is following some sort of diet. And if you're not sure what to follow, um, there's plenty of them out there, but there's something called Whole30 is a good one that is very realistic. It's essentially 70% of your plate is fresh fruits and vegetables, and 25% is either a healthy source of protein such as meat or you know some other vegetarian protein if you want. But um, it's essentially what we call pegan diet, paleo plus vegan. And it's uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Mark Hyman, came up with that strategy. So then, um, then finally, it's going to be um, your workouts. If you don't do strength training, if you're a man or a woman, any age after 20, up to the age of 90, you should be strength training at least two to three times a week. Why? Um, it builds bones. Uh, it, it strengthens your bones. Number two, it builds muscle. Number three, increase your metabolism. Number four, it pre- prevents any kind of uh, injury and, and things like that. So if you did those five things, weight training, that nutritional strategy, the walking, the water, and the sleep, you're set. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate you giving those tips. So getting back to the real estate investing, uh, one thing that I really noticed is that when you were dealing with the COVID lockdowns and everything, you said you then focused on your real estate investing and you quadrupled your business. Isn't that amazing how that works where when you focus on something like that, it starts to grow? So I want to uh, share with your audience uh, two concepts that literally fundamentally changed my life, and they're called ELF versus HALF. ELF is easy, lucrative, and fun. HALF is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. And so I'm not saying the medical clinic was hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating, but it was it was more of a challenge, right? I had to, you know, I was not in the insurance-based system, and I was helping people really convert their health into a better way. But there was a, sort of an enrollment process I had to do. And it's interesting like, to, to convince someone to invest $5,000 to reverse their diabetes. You'd think that's a worthy goal. And it, and it was. But I can convince someone to invest $500,000 into a multifamily apartment complex. It would take me 20 minutes. And they'd invest half a million dollars into my complex. That same person, if I ask them to invest $5,000 into the health, they're like, oh, does insurance cover this? Oh, does it like, like can you guarantee results? Like, And, and so I realized that Unfortunately, in the United States, people value wealth over their health. And mm-hmm. so um, that's one reason why I just found it very easy to scale my real estate company. Number two, um, I had a team. You know, I had a small team in the medical medical side of things, but I, I really was able to develop a large team and I was able to do something very quickly. So I believe in L- LGS, leverage, growth, and scale. When you can do LGS to any company or business, you can explode your wealth in a short amount of time. And so we went from owning you know, two or three assets to owning 20, 25 assets all over the country. We went from, you know, $50 million of real estate that we've acquired to 650 million in a short span of three or four years. And so we're really, and we just got named Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies, Viking Capital. So what that tells me is figure out in your, in your thing, I mean, sometimes your, your dreams are not your destiny. And so I always want to be involved in health and fitness and wellness. That's, that's who I am. It's part of my DNA. But my what's going to retire me is most likely the real estate. You know, we, we mentioned earlier that it seems like you're uh, attracting those higher income workers, whether it's doctors, nurses, people that are already kind of in your field. Are they also looking for strategies to, to save on their taxes and a few other things? Like what are some of the other benefits that you're partners are seeing by joining, joining with you here. 
So, uh, you know, as we grow our investor base, our, our goal is to educate them, empower them, really provide that kind of high quality service that sometimes is lacking in, in, in sort of the multifamily industry and really, you know, treat them, you know, with respect. And and, and once they understand, hey, look, this is a, a true vehicle that can help me, my family and, and grow my, our wealth and, uh, and really become tax efficient. And so, like, for example, if someone invests $100,000 in one of our investments, normally they get about a $90,000 tax break um, at the end of that year. And so that's unheard of in other other assets and investments. So I have people from Silicon Valley who invest with us. And the only reason they invest is they don't even care about the returns I provide, the distributions, the cash flow. They just, they just using it for the tax, the tax loss harvesting. And so it's so interesting, you know, what motivates folks, but I say, go for all three, get the appreciation, get the cash flow, get the depreciation. And at the end, we can always do something called something like a 1031 exchange, which, you know, take, the full profits of what you're what you're doing, and essentially roll it over to another deal and delay that tax event. And you know, earlier you meant the you mentioned the lease rent optimization. What are some of the other strategies? It sounds like are you are you, you're not are you building new properties? Or are you primarily acquiring? And is it a value add situation where you're trying to uh, make use of you like you mentioned the lease rent optimization and a few other things. So our, our, our core strategy is a value-add strategy, um, and it's, it's a sort of a proven business plan. And what we're doing is we started off you know, buying C-class assets and improving them uh, to like sort of a B-level, and, and that, that was sort of a good way to get into the business. Now we're in the business, and we realize that there may be slightly more cash flow in the C-class properties, but there's also a higher ten, um, a risk tenant profile, which is a little more challenging to deal with, and it's more management-intensive and heavy. Also, the appreciation that we get on the on the B class, you don't see as much on the C class. So you can get it, but it's really more forced. And that organic appreciation, which you love, which we all want to see, sometimes is not there. So we've graduated to more Bs and As, and we're buying bigger deals. We're buying two hundred to four hundred unit deals, pretty much all over the country, mainly in the Sun Belt. And our strategy is this: we go in, we want to rebrand and relabel the property. So we have our own brand called Elevate. And then we say elevate at whatever that location or you know name is. We we try to up level the tenant base. So slowly, slowly we're we're bringing in tenants who want to rent by choice, not by necessity. Number three, we are uh, providing a suite of tenant services that are now standardized across all our apartment complexes. And these are like Wellness Wednesdays. These are you know food trucks. These are uh, book bags for kids. There's all this little um, you know. There's a job search. Like if they lose their jobs, there's like a concierge person that helps them find a job. All of this is now included in the tenant services. Then on top of that, we 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 normally when we come in, we try to you know if there's some lost lease or some organic or rent growth we can do, we do that first. Then. We do amenities outside, so they really see that we're investing in their in their communities. Then we go in, and if there's some uh, interior value adds, we go ahead and do a really nice premium interior value add, and we may make sure this is uh, proven out by what the competition is doing. So it's not like we're just testing the waters; this has already been proven out. And we do this in a very seamless fashion. So in the in the first eighteen months, there's a rapid infusion of capital operational improvement efficiencies and pretty much you, you on the NOI curve you see a big hockey stick and then it sort of plateaus at that point and then that that's where we decide hey do we refinance do we hold it for some more cash flow do we sell it um, so these are our, these are our, th- this is how we rapidly 
increase the value of the property using organic and forced appreciation and get it ready for that potential exit. You mentioned uh, building these teams. You know, it sounds like these projects are going to require boots on the ground in those markets. What are some of the lessons you've learned in scaling your business to this level? One, you need a business operating system. So no matter what uh, type of business uh, our our listeners are, are, are in, they need to start thinking about how to operate at like institution or like a big corporation, even though they may be two or three people or five people, even 10 people. So what we started doing was, you know, we read books like, you know, E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Then we read books like, you know, Traction by um, Gino Wickman or Scaling Up by Vern Harnish and started implementing these business systems and principles into our companies. We also then learned how to hire the best of the best. We use a strategy called the 4A strategy to hire somebody. They have to have appearance, ambition, uh, aptitude, and attitude. And really, those four are very key. I also use something called a DISC score, D-I-S-C score, to hire somebody. Uh, I know what personality type. So if they're a director of finance or comptroller, they need to have a high SC, which is more analytical. If they're um, a person who needs to be out there talking to investors, they need to have a high I. Um, and that's our director of investor relations. So uh, we're starting to be very scientific in how we hire. And then finally, we have a, a methodology called WHO, W-H-O, which is by the uh, similar book title by G.H. Smart. And it's one of the number one hiring books and methodologies in the world. It's what Goldman Sachs uses. It's what uh, Blackstone uses to hire their pe- people. And so we've implemented that, which is there's not just a single interview. There's multiple layers of interviews to bring someone on. They have to go through multiple tiers because the most expensive thing you can do is have turnover in your company. And so mm-hmm. they're higher slowly, fire quickly. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And and I would imagine, you know, it kind of goes back to the finding that diet that works for you. It's interesting that you've you've kind of a la carte, you mentioned e-myth and traction and a few other books and, and systems. It sounds like you're picking and choosing or a la carte those items that, that fit your business and, and your end and your end goals. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is I'm across three different uh, spheres of uh, kind of industry. Uh, there's a mixing of ideas and cross crossing of, um, of strategies. And so some things that seem to work in the health and wellness space, I brought into real estate things that work in real estate sometimes are brought into mindset and coaching. And it's, 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 it's a flow of, of different ideas. And it, it, you know, uh, you take the best of the best and see what works and discard the rest. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, that's a, that's a keen observation on your part. Well, one of the things too, that I think is kind of interesting is that it's obvious that when you ingest some of these, these books and these material you implement, I I've run into quite a few people that, talk about how many books they read or how many books they listened to. But then in the end, it seems like that's where it begins and ends. There's no ingestion and no application. Yeah. Knowledge without, uh, you know, knowledge without utility or, or action is, is worthless. And so, uh, you know, uh, we're all guilty of this. Sometimes that we're seminar junkies, love to go to the seminars and conferences, shake some hands, get some business cards and do nothing with it. Or we read all the audiobooks or the podcasts and it's like shelf help kind of thing, but it's doesn't really translate into success. And mm-hmm. so um, it's almost like it's, it's a perverse form of procrastination. You don't want to do something, but you have enough action to, to where it appears to be, you're doing something. 
And so what I say is don't read 28 books in one year. Read the one book 28 times until you actually execute and implement on it. Right. You know, uh, one of the things that was in your bio that I read about was something called the five freedoms. Could you touch on that a little bit? It, it stood out to me, and I wanted to, to make sure we had a little time for that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. You know, um, during COVID, um, it was really a tough time for me, to be honest with you. I mean, you're hearing me now on the tail end of it when, you know, I've, I figured some things out. But in the middle of it, I was actually at an existential crisis. I'll tell you why. My identity was a physician. It was a cardiologist. And so I already rocked that identity by going from traditional practice private practice to doing things where it's more, um, you know, not the norm in medicine, which is trying to reverse disease and uh, taking care of nutrition and fitness and, you know, doing things, you know, outside of the typical uh, scope of, 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 a, of a classic physician. Then during the COVID, I'm not even allowed to do that because I had to shut down physical locations. And so then translating that into, should I, Going to, I thought real estate was just a side hustle. And then to make it my main thing, that was a huge mindset shift. And then I didn't, ha- I, I thought I had to be old and gray to coach, you know, people. And I was like, all right, maybe, but people were coming to me. I was like, is this an opportunity or is it a distraction? And so I was like, how do I take all of this and, 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 and figure out what is my North star? What is my compass? And so what I figured out was what am I really chasing? I, and I fear I, I'm chasing freedom, but Really, is there just one flavor of freedom? And I, and, I, and I realized there's like actually multiple freedoms I'm chasing. So that's when I came up with the concept of sort of the five freedoms. Number one is financial freedom. And more than that, it's really a financial abundance, right? Want it to be where like I don't think about money as a restriction in anything I do. Number two, there's no point having a lot of money if you don't have the free time to you, to actually enjoy it or utilize it in the, in the most powerful way. So time freedom. Number three is you know, as I started progressing outside of a physical clinic and said, you know, now I can work from anywhere, this virtual lifestyle, where, how far can I take it? Do I have, really have location independence, location freedom? So I wanted that too. And since I'm at it, might as well get the other two freedoms, which is like a bulletproof mindset, a resilient mindset to where, you know, someone passes away, you know, uh, uh, relationship issues, economic issues, Whatever can come my way, I, I can withstand it and persevere. And finally, I want to have the energy to literally accomplish whatever I want, experience whatever I want, and just have a legendary life. To have energy is very rare. And I think energy is the, the highest form of currency. And it's the, it's the horsepower you need to live a legendary and epic life. And so I was like, let me get that too. So I wanted those five freedoms. And so now when I make a decision, I ask, is it taking me toward those five freedoms or taking me away from it? If it's taking me toward it, it's a hell yes. If it's taking me away from it, then I have to pause, reconsider, have to pass on it. Wow, that's very impactful. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things that you said earlier that really stood out to me, and I think this is something that as you know, you, you mentioned real estate initially was a possibly a side hustle. I, I think a lot of people don't almost see it as a uh, hobby, if you will, instead of instead of treating it as the business that it, it actually is and being that entrepreneur that's required to be in that in that you mentioned you looking through it in the lens, whether it's an opportunity or a distraction when it came to your coaching. 
I wish most of us would do that. Um, I have a feeling that we have this shiny object syndrome and we're always chasing multiple rabbits. Yeah. So what I found is if I, if I, I, I have this belief that anything I touch turns to gold, but I have to touch it long enough and I can only touch one thing at a time. So, uh, you're, you're hearing me talk about multiple companies, but this essentially was a sequential success. So I started mm-hmm. the health and wellness thing first, then, you know, actually I started that real estate first and progressed from single family to multifamily, kept that going, started this uh, health and wellness and then finally the coaching. But, um, and then in terms of what is my alpha business is really using that elf versus half mentality. What is easy and lucrative fun to our listeners here? You know, and I challenge you to the listeners here. Number one challenge is find out your elf business and double down on that and delay everything else. And, you know, no is the most powerful vocabulary that you will find in the 2022. If you say no to most things and say yes to very few, you will literally double your, your wealth, your free time, and your peace of mind. Hmm. Very neat. So uh, with all of that being said, I wanted to remind everybody, vikingmultifamily.com. Uh, I'm going to make sure to have that link in the show notes. And uh, usually we start to go into rapid fire, uh, Vic, but I kind of warned you some of those were coming. But I wanted to spend a little time on your that that unbeatable mindset you were talking about earlier. And because you have a goal of hitting the elusive billion dollars in acquisitions in three years. A lot of people are stuck or they start in that single family home, you know, and it's kind of a slow progress. You have been dealing with some huge amount of capital and a billion dollars in acquisitions. I mean, I haven't frankly run into anybody with that goal on my show yet, let alone uh, achieve that level. Like, how do you maintain that level, that mindset in order to work at, at the level that you are? It's, it's to have a blissful dissatisfaction. So if you're so dissatisfied, then you, you're so distraught that you're not going to really be at peace when you're moving forward. But then if you're totally relaxed and chilling and you're ready for Jamaica every day, then you don't have the drive to even you know, work hard. So it's this sweet spot, which you know I like to call this blissful dissatisfaction where you're so grateful for everything around you. You're just like, I can't believe this is my life. But then you're like, is there more inside me? You know, can I, can I even be more? Can I do more? Can I help more? Can I have more income and can I have more impact? Right. Cause at some point there's enough dollars to where you're like, all right, I, I don't need any more in my life. It's more like, can I have more uh, magnitude and amplitude of helping people instead of ROI being return on investment? It's like ripple of impact. How much ripple of impact can you have? And, and I noticed that when I'm more wealthy, I'm more generous. I'm, I'm able to change people's lives in a dramatic way. I'm able to, you know, create magical experiences for my family. I'm able to donate to tremendous amount of charities. I'm able to, you know, create surprises in people's lives. And I just feel more happier, you know, uh, because I've created abundance and then abundance leads to abundance. So if you're abundant in your finances, then, you, you know, maybe it will also spill over into your health and your relationships and everything else. So I say, take it all, have your cake, eat it too. Don't slow down, but enjoy the journey along the way. And, um, and then keep challenging yourself because what happens is success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. 
So you want to definitely feel it when you hit his goals, but then have the next goal ready. Otherwise, I, I know a lot of people who've sold their companies, who've done all these amazing things, and then they're depressed or they're like, sort of like, now what? Like, I don't have meaning in my life. You know, in in our society, we're, we we're kind of in a in a world where people are always looking for they want to have some more of a purpose in their life, and and it sounds like you're kind of you took a different approach. Instead of finding that purpose, you kind of built that purpose. Would that yeah, be fair I mean, to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, once I get clear, like I, I I know exactly what I'm chasing. Like I know exactly what my goal is for this year, for the next three years, five years, ten years, whatever. Um, I know who I want to help along the way. I know how I want to up, uh, show up in the world. I know what what kind of father I want to be. I want to know what kind of husband I want to help my church uh, or my religious communities. I like it's it's all clear, and it's by getting that. If you ask. 95 percent of the people walking around what exactly do you want you're going to get a blank stare or or like a, i don't know or they, some nebulous answer uh being ambiguous with your with your goals or being like uh not specific with your goals that's the that's the cry of death like you got to be very clear because if if essentially if the genie or the world or universe or god can give you whatever you want you need but you have to declare it though and, and be very specific with it. And, and when you do that, you actually make traction and move toward it. Okay. Wow. Well, Vic, uh, I'm going to throw a couple uh, rapid fire questions at you if you're ready. Let's do it. So first of all, everybody on the show so far has had a real estate investing myth. They'd like to bust. What's yours? You don't have to start with single family to go to multifamily. Yeah, and you're not the only one who has mentioned that. There is something to be said about that. I uh, I, I have actually found um, I don't have huge complexes such as yours, but in hindsight, we have a small twelveplex in one in in an area that frankly takes as much work as as one of my single families to close and get it get it going. So yeah, you'll probably <laughs> easily get a loan too. Yeah, we I taught a neurosurgeon. And a critical care doctor who had zero real estate experience, and you know they did some you know sort of co 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 sponsored projects. But then when they got their first deal, it was essentially a ten million dollar deal. Again, they don't even own their primary home for goodness' sake, and, and they did this in about eighteen months from no knowledge of multifamily and not much knowledge of single family even to doing their first deal. So it's really. Faith. I have to reference a book here. It's um, it's our good friend uh, Hal Elrod in his book Miracle Equation. Extraordinary faith plus un um, un un um, sorry unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort. If you combine those two, you can create these modern day miracles. So, well, one of my t- standard questions is like, what what book would you recommend everybody checking out? But You've peppered this episode with a number of books. I think it's, it's going to give more than enough people busy. And, and um, I'm going to try to go through the episode and make sure I, I accredit each one of those so that they know which ones that you reference. Um, you've had a number of businesses now. Your concept of everything will turn gold if you focus on it long enough. I mean, that 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 is one of those things that I think is going to stick with me for, for quite a while, Vic. But what is one of the biggest business mistakes you've made and how did you pull out of it? Partnerships, partnerships, uh, choosing poor partners 
when we went from like our first real estate project uh, as as our own single family, I'm sorry, as our own multifamily deal, we wanted to get a bigger deal. It was a $35 million deal. We didn't have the uh, credit or the liquidity or the net worth to buy it. So we brought partners. And these partners were in our sort of real estate mastermind and they were people who taught asset management. They you know, reputable in the industry. And you would think that would be, you know, enough vetting to bring some on, but it was one of the worst partnerships we ever had and it, it really slowed us down and um, it caused us a lot of stress. That being said, our investors still produced a profit. They, you know, we, we did fine on the deal, but uh, we could have done a lot better and we would have had a lot more enjoyment of the process. But because of that mistake or that learning experience, I learned a tremendous amount to where it has made us, you know, more wealth, acquired us more assets in a safer way, in a better way. And so pay for other people's mistakes by getting mentorship and coaching and then make your own. And when you make your own, learn from them and don't ever repeat them. And you're on your way to superb high level. Well, and if you could go back into time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Start sooner, start earlier, be more aggressive. <laughs> sure. Well, Vic, this was great. Um, one more time, Viking, take advantage of uh, the free course there. But uh, Vic, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here tonight? No, I, I love the fact that people you know listen to your show and they're, they're gaining a lot of knowledge. I would say, hey, go back, maybe listen to the, your top five episodes, find the five action items of those five episodes and do one thing to inch yourself toward your goals because you're worth it and you can do it. And we believe in you here. Well, vikingmultifamily.com. Again, it's vikingmultifamily.com. Make sure you click on that link and take advantage of the free training there. Uh, but Vic, I really appreciate you having being on the show. And uh, I hope you'll come back again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.